Welcome to the NACA American Dream Program. Each week, we'll talk about how NACA is revolutionizing mortgage lending with the best mortgage in America. It's no down payment, no closing cost or fees, no PMI, no consideration of your credit score. And guess what? It's at a below market fixed rate. NACA is just relentless. This is the NACA way. Hey, hey, welcome back to another episode of NACA's American Dream Program, where we are doing amazing things, but NACA is just relentless. Listen, if you have any questions, because today's show, I know you're going to have questions, because we have some of our special, special guests. They're not even guests. They're just part of the family. They're just regular, and they just come on in. 833-771-0500. Again, that number is 833-771-0500. We have our real estate brokers back in the house just for you. Back by popular demand. You got all your home with Jerome in the neighborhood with Miss Hood. And you got Kenneth Clark on the line. We got our brokers back on for you. But first... Let's say hey to our mistress of ceremony out in Texas. Anjanette, what's going on over there? Hey, 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 Damien. It is a beautiful day. A little cloudy, but we can deal with that because we still yes. out in the hood doing what, what, what Miss Hood do. We still out in the hood doing good out there. <laughs> and we are trying to own our home with Jerome. And don't believe it that we got the man himself, the broker in charge, Mr. Kenneth Clark on the call. So it's a beautiful day to be out here shopping for that dream home powered and made possible through NACA and with a 3.75 30-year interest rate and a 3.125 15-year, you can't beat that with a stick, Jamie. You can poke me because I am done. I'm so <laughs> excited. I'm excited because it's it's not often that we get a chance to get our real estate uh, subject matter experts that are out there in the market, but we had to. Damien, I don't know if you told them, but we had to get them back because your ears must have been ringing as the old folks say, you're going to live a long time because we've been talking about you guys. We literally have because every call, every show that we've had in the past has been talking about what's happening in the market today. Interest rates going up and we're getting calls about that. Housing prices going up. We're getting calls about that. I can't find inventory. We're getting calls about that. So we're going to put this to bed. We're going to put it to rest once and for all. And talk to our membership about, though the market is changing, Jerome, Kenneth, and Miss Josie here are here to talk about how you can still find the right home for yourself, no matter what the condition of the market is right now. You just have to be creative, innovative, and have a realization into where you want to live. Sometimes people don't want to move out of the area that they grew up in, or sometimes people want to move out and move into a better or a higher desired area. And maybe is that the time to do this? It's now, I guess the question is, is now the time to be moving into a higher income bracket neighborhood, so to speak? Should we have those conversations, Damien? Because I think we should. 
I think we should. We should have all conversations because I think those are all integral parts of where you want to be, where you want to live. Because first and most importantly, you need to be happy where you pick that home. You don't just pick it because you're picking a home. This is what I can get. And then you're miserable for 30 years and you say, oh, well, they put me. No, we didn't put you in that house. You picked that house. So you need to consider all of the information that they will be sharing with you today to make sure that you make the best choice and the best informed. It could be now. It could be later. We don't know. We don't have the answer for that. But I want to hear what my broker's got to say. I'm just excited. Well, I'm sitting on the it. edge. What's let's up, Mr. Kenneth Clark? We on the edge of our seat. So let's talk about it. 833-771-0500. And we are out there in Facebook land, Instagram, and Twitter. So throw the hearts up because we are here on the NACA official page. You can always find us on www.naca.com. But let's jump right in. Kenneth, Josie, Jerome. What is happening in the market right now? Because you guys are representing the North, South, and the East. We'll get someone in the Midwest on in a few minutes, but what is happening? I'll get started, um, guys. Um, well, Josie, tell you what, you go first. All right, I'll go first here in Chicago. Ladies man. first. Ladies first. The mark, the mark is crazy, guys. Everybody, you got to. This is really the time that you really have to stay positive. Don't get discouraged. We had a lot of buyers getting discouraged. Um, it's tough right now. We need you guys to be really open-minded when you're looking at homes. Don't get so set on a neighborhood. Prices are the same or going up. Inventory is low. Interest rates are low. We need you guys to be open-minded. Maybe have some considerations. I talked to someone Sunday who wants two and a half baths, three bedrooms, two and a half baths. I showed her homes that we could finally fit in her budget with this higher interest rate. And she went on and on for over an hour about the fact that it was only two bathrooms. I finally said, how many butts you got? So she thought that was funny. And I just had to you said her, bu- You said bucks? I bucks. said, how many butts you got? You got one. <laughs> so I said, <laughs> but, but, but seriously, you know, my point to her was we have to have a little flexibility right now. We grew up in homes with with one bathroom, not saying that we have to go all the way back, but we have to have flexibility. Sometimes we can't get everything we want in this house. It may not be- May I play devil's advocate? Yes. May I play devil's advocate? I am member Jane Doe. I came to NACA because I definitely wanted to own a home. I had my hopes up, my dreams high, and I I know that I want to move my kids to a better school district, and it's a beautiful place. It's gated neighborhoods over there, and I don't want to live in a gated neighborhood, but there's nice areas right beside it, but it was my desire to to be, be in a better school district, better roads, better street conditions, better environment. This is my dream. Are you telling me that I need to, when you tell me to be flexible, are we telling me the member that I need to change that focus? What are we saying? We need them to be more open-minded. We need to be more open-minded. So you can get some of what you want. You may not get everything that you want. Interest rates are just up. Now, one thing I had this particular member do Yesterday, after we talked, I had her reach out this morning and look for grant money. She was able to find grant money, $25,000. Wonderful. Um, So now what we're waiting for is a response to get clarification on exactly how this $25,000 can be used. If we can put the whole $20,000, $25,000, we can put it toward buy now, we can put it toward principal reduction. But the point is, is she had to go find some additional money. When she found that money, that raised the amount of house that she can purchase. 
So now we can find a three bedroom, two and a half bath house, which we did this morning, as long as we can apply the funds. So be open-minded, don't be discouraged, look for help, find resources, and be very honest with your broker, your realtor, and let us help you try and find you a place. Is so, now so I have a question. Oh, go ahead, Danny. I have a question though. In this situation, if you were not able, because this, this could be the reality, what if the grant doesn't work and she can't get it? What now kind of conversation? Because th that might be some reality for many people out there. So what kind of conversation right. are you now having if you can't get the grant and it doesn't work? So even with that 25000 there's no guarantee we'll get to use the whole 25000 which is why I oh. said we have to break that down. You know, they may say it can all go toward down payment, which, of course, we don't have a down payment. So right. we have to get the terms of exactly how the brand is going to work with the NACA program. In this particular case, this member has some money saved up. So she's able to use some of her funds. So we can take some grant funds. We can take some of her funds. In the event that you have a member that maybe they don't have as much, this particular member has $40,000 saved up. All right. But, but you know what? Even though she does, and I'm, I don't know if if Ken and Jerome will agree. I I try to keep them as liquid as possible because you want to get furniture, right? You, you don't want to use all that. You don't um, want to use all your money. I said that's the whole reason you came to NECA right. is to not use all of that money. So um, I did have you know. So we did go back. She went from looking at homes to now we're looking at attached. We're looking at townhomes. So, but she still, what she's more stuck on this particular member is a certain neighborhood. So I knew it. Yeah. We, we got to, so we're trying to stay within the neighborhood. For me, I'm showing, I'm working at NACA calculator with her so that we can be realistic on our goals. The thing is, is, you know, as much as we want everybody to get what they want, we still need everybody to remain realistic. So. That's fair. And one of the good things I, I, I did not hear you say, and I'm glad I didn't, I didn't hear you say, well, now is not the time to purchase. I would tell you, Anjanette, or Jane Doe, the member, I would just tell you to wait. And so I haven't been hearing that. And that's a good thing. Um, you guys are still moving forward, steadfast, staying focused on the goal. So you're still, regardless of what the market is currently doing, you're still putting people in homes. So I'm glad I didn't hear you say that. Last time you guys was here, a member asked about uh, new, new home construction versus existing. And we got that same question again. What is the answer for those that are out there? But before we go to that question real quick, I want to tap into Josephine before uh, this caller goes away again to just say for grants, please, 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 please talk to your counselor. Talk to your NACA counselor about grants or potential grants that are in your area. You never know what's available. And guess what? If you are aware of grants that your counselor is not talking to you about, let your counselor know because we keep a repository of all those grants. Please let us know of any grants in the area because we can definitely look into it to see if those grant programs will work for NACA. But back to the question, you guys, new home construction versus existing. Will I be able to get more home for the money working with a new a new builder because they throw in incentives and all of these little, you know, French benefits, all the bells and whistles if I do if I work with a particular builder or should I look at existing? Is there any rhyme or reason to why I should do one over the other? 
I'm going to let them talk, but I just want to say one thing about it in particular to where I live. Our property taxes are assessed at a 2.75% of the purchase price. So if someone sees a $300,000 home and then they see the taxes that'll say $800, they're excited, right? Because they're thinking, well, the taxes are only $800. But when I go do my math for NACA, that's my case. Now I've got to calculate that as 7,500, 2.5% of that, or 2.75. That alone, when you divide that the way we do our math, in that case, they're going to get less home than a home that has been fully assessed. Now that's for, that's for Chicagoland. So how does that work north, northeast and southeast? Because they need to hear this. A lot of people are out looking for a new construction and trying to work with builders, thinking they get more incentives if they do so. Well, in our area uh, here in the southeast and Georgia specifically, um, if a property doesn't have a certificate of occupancy January 1, it's going to be assessed at just raw land, which is a much lower tax rate for that particular property, right? Well, it's not realistic to have someone go into a home knowing that their tax burden is going to be much higher the following year. So we we try to estimate a little bit higher. And we're at, what, one and a quarter percent that we use, Josie, rather than the... So we try to keep that as the number to anticipate what the tax will be the following year. Uh, how about you, Jerome? Well, I'm a big advocate of new construction. I've closed new construction within the pandemic a few times. Um, I got a lot to say about new construction up here in um, my region. If you can afford $2,100 or more a month and are approved for that, New construction's a great option for you. Um, and that's starting at, say, townhome level. It's a little bit more when it's a single family home, but that's the way I kind of gauge clients of mine that I suggest new construction to because new construction appraises from the time that we sign the papers to the time you purchase it. So we've had new, I have new construction buyers within the pandemic that have six figure equity right now. Wow. And, and basically, um, I feel like if you can afford it, it's the best way to go. And you, it is tricky with the taxes, but a savvy uh, real estate agent in this area, it's, it, it varies on township and different rules where they mm-hmm. abate taxes. And, you, and then also there are graduated tax schedules. So you got to kind of know what schedule they're on to make sure it's within your buyer's affordability. Because it could be 7,500 taxes in eight years, but they're going to base it off of like the three or four year part of it. So it requires a lot of due diligence before you get somebody in it. But and then that's why I always tell people before they go to the uh, new construction sites, let me know which ones you're interested in, because I make the phone call and try and get the additional information to save them the time. A lot of times, too. Um, there are 55 or older communities. So some people are all excited. They've seen all the pictures, but they didn't realize it was 55 or older community, which has its own rules within that as well. So, you know, definitely new construction is amazing out here. It's, it's the best way you can buy with uh, NACA because of the fact now post, you know, now during the pandemic, they're asking for now that 5%, 10%. Before the pandemic, I could get in with $3,000, $5,000, it didn't matter. 
But right. now they're asking for that and people can get what they want. Yeah, there's the base price. But when my clients buy new construction, I ask them to add about 30 because they want the jets in their tub. They want the hardwood floors, you know, they, you know, the, the countertops. <laughs> and, and there's just so many different things. It adds up quickly, but yeah. it's fun. If you can afford new construction and go through a house and pick your doorknobs and everything else like that, it's a fun thing. And Jerome, I'll add to that because you did an awesome job explaining mm -hmm. some of the benefits of new construction. But here's one thing that most consumers are not really aware of. Uh, out in the open market, um, loan locks are typically 60 days or less. Okay. And what most people don't know, our membership gets a 365-day lock. So once we go under contract and submit that contract to our mortgage counselors, your loan is going to get locked within 72 hours. Mm -hmm. And in a rising interest rate market, mm -hmm. that's huge. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Yes. That Great is point. huge. Great okay. Point. So keep that in mind. Yeah. So that that's so when they're working, oh, so if you're, I'm sorry. So if you're, so so the thing is, is if you're working new construction, definitely check with your agent before because we can check. Like in Indiana, it's one percent. Period. So no matter what, I know it's going to be one percent. Mm -hmm. um, Illinois just has how high taxes. Mm -hmm. um, so never go to the new construction sites, and this is what I tell them on Thursday nights without letting your broker know first, because if you go without us, and they're going to have you register. We really, in a lot of cases, can't go back and negotiate on your behalf. And we want to do this for you. That's so true. let us check. Yeah. That's true. If you go before and don't know by them about an agent, they may not want to work with who's going to represent you. Right. Okay. That's good. To wow. Know. Now, I do have one quick question just in the mm -hmm. area so people would know, especially for the new construction. What is your minimum average of cost of a new construction? In each of your areas. Oh gosh. If you know. Well, I can tell you that here in Atlanta, in the Atlanta metro area, builders are requiring large down payments to secure the property. Okay. Non-refundable too, if I remember. Mm -hmm. uh, yeah, some of them are, but it just depends on how aggressive they are. They know they've got the upper hand with a market that doesn't seem to have much in terms of inventory. So if you're not using their lender, okay you could be required to spend a little bit more up front. And then with the NACA process, obviously at closing, since you didn't have to spend any much because of the no down payment, no closing costs, you would get a refund, but that money would be tied up in the event that you didn't close. So keep that in mind. Well, here, because we, we're an attorney state, the new, the new construction, the builders, they don't allow attorney review period in their contracts. So any money that you put down is non-refundable. Mm -hmm. That's why we say let's talk first. Right. And they do 10 to 20% down. So oh. I try to get a blank contract to send over to the attorney, even though it's no, even though it's a non-attorney review period, to see what the contract says before anybody signs anything and add our verbiage in case we want to move forward. And usually that works for me. As long as I've talked to them ahead of time, because I explained to them right up front. But again, we've had situations where people go on their own and then I'm trying to backtrack and I'm trying to save it. And it, it's just more challenging. Mm -hmm. yeah. Jerome, what about you? 
I would say it must be the place to buy up here new construction because I'm moving you know, there. basically five percent is what you need. And you know, I've had a closing where a buyer had to bring ten thousand oh. dollars and she got sixty five hundred back at closing. Oh because of wow. the the graduated wow. tax schedule, that really goes to your benefit because you only pay what taxes are due, not the full. 75 or whatever so mm -hmm. it depends on the townships mm -hmm. but yeah. you know it's you, you 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 save so much money and you get it back you get it back so right. you don't pay as much as any buyer with another lender all you're responsible for are those taxes and if there's a homeowners association you know whatever money goes toward that but uh you know it's amazing opportunity out here so i strongly suggest it well, let's just jump right on in and thank Ooh. you all for, for those answers. We got we got the questions. They're already coming in. And one of the questions that, that, that they're asking us is how does NACA entice sellers to move forward with selling their home to a NACA recipient in this market? So how is it anything that you can do to entice the seller? It, and it sounds like, I guess, um, over the weekend and past weekend, I heard uh, getting calls about bidding wars and things like this. And, you know, when they show up to bid on a property, there's other people there that's, you know, ready to move. So what's the, what can you realtors and brokers let us know? What are you doing to, to get the sellers to, to, to seal the deal with a NACA recipient or a NACA member? And you want to go, Jerome? Yeah, sure, I'll go first. Um, basically, to sell it, for my clients, a, a lot of times the listing agents like to hear that credit and income have been verified for the buyer because they're nervous to get under contract and two weeks in find out that the buyer didn't qualify. So when we say that, that's one of the, the highlights that about the NACA program that should be in our favor, um, especially for someone that just had a deal come back on the market, then they're really nervous. So by us saying that helps out a lot. Mm -hmm. An another thing that helps me is anyone that's in a situation where they're doing a house as is because of the fact that we have the hand department and we can roll repairs into the loan. So that way, a lot of them are more comforted to know that not only can the buyer do their repairs, but they can get upgrades, I tell them. And then at that point, the listing agent is like, oh, I never heard of this program. It's so great. You know, and then they want to know. So, you know, those are two of the, the biggest highlights. And then another comforting fact is, especially for anybody that's closed NACA before, when I tell them I closed 200 NACA deals, then they're like, okay, I'm cool. You know, so what you want to do is also, if your brokerage closed a lot of deals or you're involved in a team that has done that, that makes people feel more comfortable. Because they, even though they never heard of the program, they know it's, there's closings. Right. Mm -hmm. Which means you'll move their property as well. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. And you know, there, I can't, I can't say enough about the vetting process that NACA takes its members through. Mm -hmm. And an inexperienced agent just doesn't know what our membership go through to, to get qualified. Um, for those of you who are using outside lenders, a lot of times they don't even require any residential payment history requirements, okay? And NACA verifies not only their residential history, but their employment history and everything else that's required up front before they send you out into the marketplace. And a lot of loan officers aren't doing that. 
which could ultimately cause a problem when you get to underwriting and under contract on some of these outside lenders. So if you if you have an agent that truly understands that process and what you've gone through, it makes a huge deal in terms of comparing your offer to someone else's offer on the outside. So mm-hmm, mm-hmm. that's a good point. That's a good point. And Navi, Navi, thank you so much. Everybody in Facebook, give her some hearts because Navi asked this question. How does NACA deal with short sales? And do we deal with short sales? I actually just got a short sale accepted Friday. Um, So my short sale is an approved short sale, which means that the bank has already finalized the price. The property was listed at $294.9, but it was approved at $239.9. But this is a property, as Ken just talked about, how financing sometimes when you get to underwriting it causes a problem. It was initially under contract with somebody who had not been through underwriting with an outside lender and it fell apart. Mm. So knock, 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 here I am at the door. My buyer's been through underwriting. They've checked their credit. They've checked their income. They've paid, they've checked their rent. They've checked tax returns. They've done everything that NACA puts its buyers through we went to see it. My contract was accepted and taken off the market before we even had a signed contract. Because when I explained the program, she had never heard of the program. When I explained everything that this buyer had gone through and that they were solid and we discussed closing date, um, they were happy to accept our knock deal um, because they're not, they don't, they don't want another reactivated. <laughs> they want right. it to go through. So, so the short sale still works. It also worked as one of the, one of the things that they mentioned, because the short sale is obviously being sold as is the seller in that case has no money to put back into the property for repairs. So that's a non-issue for my NACA buyer because she had room left in her budget to get her repairs um, taken care of and the repairs. So, so, so the other side, they're, they're all the way happy. And as long as this goes through, she's like, I'm always going to come to you. So we'll see what happens. There's a lot of due diligence that you need to go through when it comes to short sales. Um, Just understand that this person hasn't paid their mortgage for quite some time. That's the only way a lender is going to allow for a home to be sold for less than what is owed on it. Mm -hmm. And if they haven't been paying their mortgage, God knows what else they haven't been paying. There could be other liens against the property. You need to be prepared to, to do a strong amount of due diligence when trying to purchase a short sale, okay? Sometimes great value, but um, just make sure you're dotting your I's and crossing your T's when you go through that process. And in addition, they probably haven't been taking care of the house. Exactly. Which exactly is the case in this one. <laughs> yeah. That's usually the case. They have let the house go because they've probably known for the last year um, that they maybe haven't paid. You know, they just don't care. They know they're leaving. Um, So like you said, it's just it's just a lot of due diligence. It's just a lot. And you also have to make sure the reason I pointed out that it was an approved short sale is because sometimes people do apply for short sales just to buy time. They will list their property just to buy time. So I always say, is it approved? If my client really wants to see it, has the paperwork been submitted? Is a system that it goes through. If those things haven't happened, a lot of times we won't see it because that's somebody that's not serious. So it's very, it's certain questions that you should ask when you're going through a short sale. Like, and, and, and in my case, again, we're an attorney state. So we're checking to make sure there's no other liens um, and all of the above. So and, and it, the other thing with a short sale is you have to allow for time. If your lease is up at the end of the month, 
you should not be looking at a short sale property because a short sale is really a long sale. Uh, yeah. um, the longest sale you'll ever do ever. besides new construction. Right. <laughs> ever besides new construction. Because it's going to take the bank through. usually 60 to 90 days just to approve the purchase price. Yeah, yeah. You're going through so much red tape and clearing up so much that has happened in the past. You got to undo a lot of things and clean it up, get everything ready for, for almost a, a brand new uh, circumstance here. So yeah, you got to allow some time. So that's good, good advice. Well, also you could put it under contract, under an offer for 240, wait 60 days. Cause you may qualify at 240. Mm-hmm. Now interest rates have gone up and guess what? The bank wants 275. So you now may no longer qualify. Wow. So those are things to consider working a short when you're, when you're purchasing a short sale property. Wow. And in that meantime, you really can't do anything else. So you can't get frustrated and say, Josie, can you take me to see another house? Because the answer is no, because technically you're in a contract. That's exactly right. Thank you. So, and this is why it is so good to have our NACA brokers on the line. But this is also why our NACA members benefit from working with uh, our NACA in-house agents, because they are the subject matter experts. They're working with the counselor as well as with the sellers out there and in the market. So this is more just validating the points that we made on the last show. Tasha, Tasha is asking, how do you purchase a condo with long-term tenants? Mm, Interesting. Do you got to be moving, Tasha? (laughs) (laughs) So you want to live in that property. You just, your broker just needs to find out when their lease is up. If they're, if nobody's moving before you close, yeah. You gotta go find another condo. Okay. Unless, unless oh, the ahead. seller is going to allow for your contract to last the term of the lease and you have that time as well. Or sometimes tenants will move early, um, depending on what else is going on. Mm-hmm. But you have to take possession of the property when you close on it. So just keep that in mind. So however you wish to do it, as long as you take possession at closing, it can get done. It can get done. Because oh, okay. so they will try that. to sell you on a post-closing possession. So they'll move 30 days after you close. That won't work with our program. NACA doesn't allow for that. We, we do okay. not allow that. But now, let me ask you this. Would they allow for, and I think you may have said it, Ken, but I'm not sure. Say, for instance, they'll be out in three months. So you just put the closing date out three months. We can get We do that, okay. yeah. Well, as long as when option. we go do our final walkthrough the morning of the closing, it's empty and they're gone, you're okay. Makes sense. Makes sense. So, Tasha, I hope that answered your question. If it does not, hit us back up because we're here. Mercedes is asking, and we get this question quite often, but I like the way she formed hers. We always get questions about multi-units, multi-family housing. Always. You have to do it and all of this. But she's asking, can you do a multifamily new construction. Before we answer, I know the answer to that, but can we talk about what goes into getting a multi-unit and how you now become a business owner? Can we just be realistic about the landlord piece? Well, there's some training that you need to go through. There's a course you need to take because you are starting a business, if you will, because you're going to have tenants in the property. Uh, My understanding is, is that you know, we will use the market rents for the other units and the NACA member has to take ownership of the largest unit. OK, uh, with that being said, it's like any other new construction. If the builder 
owns the the land and builds the property on that land and you buy it from them holistically, and we would just treat it like any other new construction. So the answer is yes, we can do it. Now, let me play devil's advocate. What happens? I got all my, I got my multi-unit. I'm living in the larger unit. I got two other units. I got tenants in there and one of them just lost their job and can't pay the rent. What happens then? Who pays that rent or who pays? Who's still ultimately responsible? Uh, the member that bought the property. Mm -hmm. I mean, you're going to have one mortgage on it. You're just it's receiving income mortgage. from right. the tenants. So right. the mortgage payments got to get paid whether they pay you or not. So, so to, one so of the other things that they need to have is, is I think our requirements for like a quadruplex, you got to have like six months reserves. And that's one of the reasons why we increase our reserve requirements for yeah. issues like vacancy uh, and that side of that type of thing. So, Kenneth, me and you are right here because that's what um, I was about. No, don't start there. We are don't right start. here. I'm telling you, if I didn't know any better, I'd say he's my brother from another mother because guess what? Uh, that was the caller that was just about to tell 718 caller to, to make sure they understand that they are ultimately responsible because there is only one payment and that's the overall mortgage payment, whether your tenants move in or not, because the way the question is formed on the line here, it's almost like one of the tenants is a relative and that's something I don't do, but that's just going to say that, but I was going to keep my mouth shut. Bet, but that's me. Uh, bet, bet your people, guys. This is this is not time to just let somebody move in on love. Question. <laughs> <You> <laughs> a listing. A member sees a listing, and the listing says multifamily. You get to the re the residence, and it's one house, and a duplex in the back. Is that a multifamily or a single family house would happen to have a multifamily on the property? What is that? The, the, the question is, what is it zoned? Yeah, it's all zoned. Ah, and sorry. I still say sometimes it has everything to do with the property description and how it's filed. Am I not correct? You are correct. I wanted to um, add something also about new construction. I did a new construction in December. It was almost a million dollars in Philly. Um, three. This was three units. But the thing that everyone has to remember is you have to watch your rents because you need to know the market rents because they're empty. And so if you think you're going to get such and such rent, when the mortgage counselor starts processing um, everything, they're, they're going to need at some point, what's the market rent and something to compare it to. And if your numbers are off, your deal is off. Mm -hmm. So you really have to make sure that 75% of each unit is within your affordability and that that mortgage amount is not too great of debt either. But there's a lot of boundaries you have to stay within and people have to do their homework on that because you could, you know, get into the deal and not be able to complete it. Wow. And that is why you work with NACA in-house agents right there. Wow. <laughs> uh, well, it, it is. No, you're right. <laughs> because Can't we do that. Enough. We help with that map. We check those Can't say it enough. Yeah, we we check those numbers and we work with the with the loan officers. We check those numbers. Wow. Keep you in so, line to make sure you don't lose the deal. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Mercedes, I hope that answered your question. If it's not, hit us back. Devon and Royce, I'll get to you in just a minute. But Devon is asking, can the NACA realtor work 
work with a for sale by owner home? Answer that if y'all want um, or start. I'm trying to be quiet, y'all. I'm struggling. Everybody just dig on in. Hey, um, you got to structure it a certain way. We can, um, we can help with that. A lot of times it's for sale by owner because they don't want to cooperate with real mm -hmm. estate agents. But we can structure the transaction so it doesn't hit their bottom line, especially if there's equity. Certain ways you can go about doing it. Uh, so, you know, we do do them. There needs to be some creativity sometimes. Mm -hmm. I won't get into all the creative solutions because it, it depends on the transaction, mm -hmm. but uh, it can be done. And I've yeah. done it. So it, and it's it often done here in Georgia, for sure. Yeah. So, yeah. and Jerome, you're absolutely right. Mm -hmm. It does take some structuring and some expertise. The answer is yes, though, ultimately, if you're dealing with the right age. So we do them, but usually what I do is I'm not going to call a bunch of for sale by owners for you. I'm going to at least let the let the member ask, are they willing to work with an agent? Because otherwise I'll be calling for sale by owners all day long. And it's why is that? Is are you saying it's, it's more for sale by owners or what? No, why because what happens is like um, if they the reason they're for sale by owner in most cases is they either don't want to work with the agent or they don't want to pay the commission. So I'm more focused on what's on the MLS. So if somebody comes to me and says, hey, I found a for sale by owner, um, can we see that? I would say, well, yeah, can you call and see if they're willing to let them know you're interested? Ask them if they're willing to work with a broker, going through a special program. If they are okay with that, then I'll follow up with a phone call and we'll take it. Oh, and it I works for me. I see what you're saying. Plus, yeah. we don't have the number because it's a sign on the front yard. It's yeah. not going to be on Zillow or right. it could be on Zillow, but you got to fill out the contact form just to get to the seller. So the quickest way for somebody to get us the information we need is to get it off the front yard. Right. That's the only yeah, way you know, you know about the for sale by owners. I got you. Because it's nowhere. It's listed anywhere. They do have a couple of for, for sale by owner websites and things like that. But for the most part, this is someone who is driving through the neighborhood and see the for sale by owner sign. They they got their heart set on this house. It may be in that desired neighborhood with the desired school district that they're looking for. Didn't show up on the MLS in, in MLS. So you guys are not telling them they can't. You're just saying, help me help you get it. Help, help me help me help you. And we, it's very important that we, that they give us an opportunity because NACA is a little bit different. So we really have to sell the program to somebody who already didn't want an agent. So, um, it's better to let us talk through the NACA piece than to let the member talk through the NACA piece in a lot of cases. Gotcha. Now, and uh, Devon, I hope that answered your question. If not, hit us back. We have time to take, take your, your question so that we can dive into it a little bit more. But Royce is asking a good question. And we've been talking about earlier how you guys are doing all the due diligence. You're, you know, getting rid of the red tape. You're tying up the loose ends. You're digging deep. And everything. And he's asking, isn't it the title company's job to do the due diligence on the title? Answer to that is yes. Um, once you go under contract, there will be a title order request made to the attorney that's closing the transaction. They have an abstractor to go to the public records and check, probably do a 50 year title search to see if there's any open liens, um, any other items that may affect um, a marketable title, if you will. And yes, that's what they do. And then they provide that. Actually, it's a lender requirement mm -hmm. 
the lender's not going to let you close if there are any issues on that property to begin with. So um, the long answer, the short answer is yes, Royce. The attorney so, will do a title search. So any prior homework and things that you're doing on the property um, is just trying to just make sure it, it's a good deal. Is that a, a good assumption? Because I did hear you guys say earlier that you're you do do some work trying to make sure that this is this there's nothing else on the property, especially when we were talking about short sale and when we were talking about other things. Well, when an attorney does a turn have has a, a title search done, just because they're doing a title search doesn't necessarily mean everything's going to be easy. Mm-hmm. Someone can file a lien against a property and you can't find the individual that found the lien, that filed the lien against the property. So now here comes the research and that could be lengthy. Okay, or open deed or something along those lines. So just because you find the issue doesn't mean it's easy to solve the issue because you got to make connection with the individual that filed the lien. So and sometimes they could be out of business or a number of things. Do you recommend, thank you, Kenneth, do you recommend for sale by owner if it's being sold by a family member? Absolutely. That's not a problem, but first off, it needs to be disclosed. Mm -hmm. Okay. And a lender would want to know that you're buying from a family member or relative. Actually here in Georgia, it's a requirement to disclose any material relationships Mm -hmm. as it relates from a documentation standpoint for the member, when you're buying from a relative, uh, we have to really keep it clean. Like we're going to have to see canceled checks in terms of your rental history, as opposed to just a verification of rental, simply because your family member is going to say whatever they need to say for you to buy the house. So, you know, documentation is very important um, when it comes to that, just to keep things above board. So, so those are what they call arm's length transactions. If it's somebody doing a short sale though, most banks won't allow short sales to be from a family member. They, they gotcha. wanted an outside person. That's why. And I think that's why this person was asking. I think their counselor told them something different and they're just trying to make sure. Yeah, that would be a non-armed lease transaction. Right. Yeah. And Rosemary is asking a question here. Uh, if I want to sell my property and there's a lien, can we negotiate at the closing table the lien with the buyer? And I'm trying to understand that. I I don't know, Rosemary, are you trying to not pay the lien or trying to, I don't know. Most of the time, all of that has to be cleared prior to, am I correct? I don't want to speak on behalf of the brokers because I'm not one. If the the sale don't cover it, somebody got to bring the money at closing. (laughs) So I imagine imagine the buyer, if they're going to kick out the extra money, NACA's mission is to try and minimize what you got to bring to closing, but that's something voluntary if you want the house bad enough that you're going to, you know, pay off some things. So I'm going to defer to the the mortgage department on that, right? Mm -hmm. Because uh, the truth is, is that if if there's something that needs to be paid, the seller is required to deliver marketable title. And if there's an unpaid lien, it's going to show up on a title work and you're not going to get a clear to close. So that's not going to happen. Okay, yeah. so so it will get lanes addressed. Gotta be clear. It's gonna yeah. get addressed. Mm-hmm. I've had deals where there's plenty of stuff on there, and you know, at closing, you know, it's 
taken care of. But yeah, you know, it has to be cleared, you mm-hmm. know, some way, somehow, you know, by that closing date, especially. Mm-hmm. But yeah, I, I, the only things like that I would say that's even close to a lien that they usually do that I've seen dealt with at the closing table was association fit. Sometimes uh-huh. stuff will come up with like that master association, yeah. um, and they'll they they can fix that at the table. But a recorded lien from I don't know Home Depot or something I don't know. Um, okay. Yeah, those things they usually have to fix it. But we don't want you guys paying for it as the buyers. That's we right. Want the sellers to pay for that. <laughs> That's exactly right. <laughs> That's it for sound sure. like Rosemary is the seller. Rosemary, if you the seller, call back and let me know. Rosemary, Shame that's your bill, boo. Shame on you. <laughs> Rosemary, you gotta pay it. You got a buyer. <laughs> but seriously, if there I'm- are some people stuck like that at the point where what they owe and what they're going to get on the house, they want to move it. Somebody got to be creative to make it work i guess you know if you I mean? want it bad enough yeah. right yeah and, and and not it might not necessarily be for the NAC environment but deals like that go right. on all the time outside oh for sure right all right i'm gonna switch uh, to robin real quick robin is saying i'm currently looking for the right house um not too satisfied with my realtor and damien calls them outhouse realtors but oh, that's external that's what he calls them. But they're <laughs> external realtors and we love you guys. Yeah, my agents don't say that on the call. <laughs> we love, we love our that. external realtors because we partner with you guys. Did you say out. external? External realtors. Okay. All right. <laughs> we love them. It's, it's but outhouse is country. Because he was saying, we were comparing that one of the members wanted to know the comparison between in-house and in-house realtor versus the other. And Damien just picked up that term. And I, my apologies to all external realtors. But uh, <laughs> but Robin is asking a really good question here. She's been working with her her external realtor and, and she's she's been looking for a property for six months now. And she's concerned about the overpriced market. And she's concerned that she's going to fall out of her qualification period. Well, you know, you got to always keep your bank statements and all of that updated, all your paperwork updated and put into the portal, put into your file um, so that we can keep your file hot and active. But she's saying what happens if she doesn't find anything within the next six months? What will happen to her? Should she move to an in-house agent? And does it does it seem like they're going to be able to find something faster? I think she's looking for a guarantee. We can never guarantee anything, but she's trying to figure out, sounds like the advantage, will I, will I find something better off and faster with an in-house agent versus an external agent? Well, we're biased, Robin. I mean, we're, we're inside, we're in-house, so we're biased. So right. of course we want you to give us a shot, um, but we can't guarantee you. Just keep in mind the interest rates, they're going up and down, up and down every day. So hopefully you'll find something relatively soon um, because we don't have any control over the interest rates either. Um, but the longer you wait, you know, you could be really uh, putting yourself at, uh, I don't want to say jeopardy, but just, you know, getting a little bit less. So just keep you know, there's a lot of there's a lot of risk when you yeah. when you start talking about home ownership. Right? right. When you're trying to to win in a market where home prices are going up and interest rates are going up and you're losing affordability. Um, that's when your creative box really needs to, to open up, right? And most real estate agents across the country have never done a renovation transaction in their life as long as they've been a real estate agent. So the fact that if you offered the opportunity for an in-house agent 
to work with you, that option opens up immediately because they understand that we have a rehab component associated with your mortgage right out of the box attached to your approval. And that may give you a chance at winning. So you can look at some properties that may have a that may have had a price reduction or may need some renovation work and the seller can't get it done up front. So those are extra opportunities that you may get by working with an agent that understands it. And I'm not saying that your agent doesn't. I'm just simply saying that's one area where an in-house agent may be able to assist you if you're open to that. And I just like to add to that. I get calls like that a few a month, people in situations like that. And it, it goes two ways. Buyer has to ask themselves, am I being realistic? Am I compromising, trying to, you know, do what I'm supposed to do to give the agent what they need to stuff in their affordability? But as well, that agent, they can't be just like a, a yes agent, just showing you everything and going out there. Then you're just constantly putting in offers and you're on the roller coaster. But is that agent doing the best they can to put you in that position? You know, yes, they can go out and show you everything. But if you're sitting up there sizing up an agent, just are they... Are you giving them something to work with? Are you mm-hmm. suggesting houses within your affordability that they can go out and push for you? So, you know, I like to see, look at it on both sides mm-hmm. because there's some changes that the member might have to make too. And these are difficult conversations I even have to have with my own clients because mm-hmm. there's a lot of clients that we have sitting on auto searches and we're not going nowhere. And, and then six months go by because I may be waiting for someone to compromise. Now I'm going to get some calls from my clients. but I'm just saying but seriously though you got to look at it yourself too because there's some reason why six months have gone by and it's either because of what you're interested in has to change if the market that you're in or you're too narrow the area that you want to be at so there's a lot of factors in that so you got to look at yourself and the agent and figure it out makes sense so so can I add on to something that he said because I think it's important Sure. If you've been working with an agent at this point for six months, six months ago, our interest rates were in the twos. So if you were looking, if you didn't like what you were seeing at, let's just say 250 at a 2.5, you're now not looking at 250 anymore to 3.75. You're looking at a 175 maybe. So if you didn't like 250 and now you're looking at 175, I don't know if the agent really stands a chance if you're not being realistic because those are two different properties. All because of the interest rate, guys. So you got to be fair on both sides. And everybody's got to make adjustments. And that's a good way of looking at it, too. Mm -hmm. Go ahead. I didn't want to. I was just going to say, I was going to say, but just like even with our teams, if you don't qualify for it, we don't show it to you. Because if I show you a $300,000 house and you can't get it, really, you can get two twenty-five. dollars It's too hard for me to back you up to that. It's just too hard. So we're going to show you what's within your affordability. And as that interest rate changes... So does that. There you go. And, and I like the way you explained that. That was good, Josie. I, I, and I hope everybody out there really paid attention to that because that was critical. The rates were less than, you know, six months. Now, I remember we had got down to 1.75. Mm-hmm. So I remember that. And if that wasn't working, you know, that, well said, well said. Josie. Can I add one thing to that? Sure. Because this is important since we're on the interest rate and this affects everybody now. Mm-hmm. If you look at what we were at, 
three weeks ago, 3.125. And when we went up to 3.875, I had to redo all my boundaries for my clients. Mm -hmm. And what I mean by that is what home prices they had to stop at. This is the impact. A $250,000 house went up $100. A $350,000 house went up $150. And at $450,000, if you're shopping at that, it went up to $188. That's how much difference it is in price when we were looking at stuff. So that's considerable. So that's why, yeah, people need to try and get something sooner than later. Mm Mm-hmm. Well, let me play devil's advocate. And Robin, I hope that answered your question about that. But now Royce is coming back and asking a good question because Robin is out there trying to, you know, hold on and before the rate changes or before it goes back up. But just last week, we was at a 3.875 last last week and we're at a 3.75 today. Royce's question is, if you're under contract, with the new construction and the rate drops in six months, will we have access to the lower rate? And again, you just finished talking about locking. Once it's locked, it's locked. But on a new construction, will you have access to that lower rate? Our, our loan lock does not have a float down option. So the answer to that is, you know, we protect you when rates going up and you keep the rate when rates go down. So in other words, if, if, if I started off and on a new construction and I locked it at, at 4%, for example, only 4%. And now here it is two months later or a month later or 20 days later or whatever, and it goes down to 3%, I'm still at the higher rate. That is correct. Okay. Anybody care to elaborate? elaborate? It is what it is, right? It's still better than not doing that, that's for sure. <laughs> if you're doing new construction, you got 45 days max, 30 to 45 days to get your mortgage commitment they give you. And at the time of getting your mortgage commitment, when you do your bank app, you're already done locked on your rate. So mm-hmm. it's it's gone. All right. Locked. locked is locked. So Thomas is asking, in this market, are you seeing sellers reluctant to accept NACA offers? Many agents aren't familiar enough with FHA or VA uh, or educate to educate sellers. So I would expect similar issues with the NACA program as well. Are you guys seeing that out there or do you get you get that from your agents even? You know what, with us, it really just ends up, it depends on the terms. So it, it may not necessarily be NACA. Now we, you know, we can't compete with cash. Um, cash is king. But you know what, we've been through underwriting. So we, we bring all the benefits up that we can bring up. Um, but again, at the end of the day, it's, it's really going to depend on the terms that are presented to the seller. Yeah, everybody and has was, and I'm sorry, go ahead. Go ahead, John. I'm saying everybody has their preference. I had a seller wait all weekend for cash. It didn't come. Now they're ready to sign today. Mm-hmm. You know? mm-hmm. And I've had, you know, sellers as well. But you have to understand that. It's really the, the the real estate agent that's got to pitch the deal to the seller. Mm-hmm. And if the real estate agent can appreciate your agent and how well they communicate, they fight for those deals. Mm-hmm. Because the one thing that they know is that NAC is going to close. Mm-hmm. All right. NAC is going to close. Otherwise, I wouldn't be doing this. That's we not- would not. Okay, I would not be doing this. This is how I feed my family. And I find it insulting 
for somebody to look at one of my clients and say, why should I take this deal? Well, because we got to eat and they want to buy a house. Right. <laughs> and it's going to close. So that's the story. Obviously, all other things, you know, in place, appraised values, marketable title, mm-hmm. you know, inspections, that kind of thing. But 99 percent of our deals that go to Bank of America close. Mm-hmm. Am I right or wrong, guys? That's true. That's true. There you go. And we really go. sell the program. We really sell the program and try and tre- create some sort of relationship with that listing agent. We That's want them okay. that even if they say no and they have to come back, we want them to come back to us. That's right. That's exactly right. Now, to that point, hopping on, I love the way the questions are flowing in. Bunny is asking in this market, and so it's a perfect time to ask. We did address it earlier, but now that Ken made his statement, then what is the best advice you can give making, com- making a competitive offer in this climate? Higher earnest money, appraiser, appraisal gaps. What's what are we doing as an agent to to make an a, a enticing offer in this in this climate? Oh, well, she says she's I, I, looking to beef up her offer. Any tips you can give will be will be appreciated. She's actually trying to beef up her offer. So I guess it's must, it must be really competitive. And it is. I mean, I saw just this weekend, it was 16 people at this one itty bitty house. The house was a two one, two bedroom, <laughs> one bathroom. The story and of my 16 life. 16 people <laughs> in the yard waiting, literally open house. Family gathering. So I, I feel you, Bunny, Bunny Lee. I feel you, Bunny Lee. She's asking, what can I do to make my offer more competitive? Beef it up. What, what can I do to make it attractive? Any tips you can give would be greatly appreciated. Well, it's not always about how much the seller nets. It's about terms. It's about the path of least resistance. That's what the seller wants is the least resistance. Cash is that. So what you want to do is the agent should be finding out, you know, as much information as they can that that's on the table because of the fact that you look at what you're up against. You're up against other conventional offers that they can waive their inspections. It's not mandatory. So you got to look at your inspections. Are you okay doing that for your own due diligence and rolling that into your loan? Other loans, people are putting 20% down, over 50 grand or whatever. Whatever you're putting, um, and they're covering the appraisal gap. So if you're not covering the appraisal gap, you're not competing. So you got to look at each term and see if you can compete with it and just keep going down the line. You know, people are bidding over ask. Are we over ask? You know, and guaranteeing that. So, you know, we can't do nothing really about the closing date, mm-hmm. you know, as much as that. But, you know, the more you beef up your assets, the better position you're in and the better that you are below your affordability. If you're at the top of your affordability, then you're not going to have that much flexibility, especially mm-hmm. with the concern of the interest rate uh, going the wrong way. That could knock you out while you're in credit access. So that's why I like to ask all my clients before we put in the offer. Here's what we got. But what we got to do is, this is what others are doing. Can we do this? And then we know if we can compete. So the best thing to do is get yourself in position to compete. Mm-hmm. Wow. Mm-hmm. And last question, because we are out of time. But real quick, Sharon Sharon is asking, who pays the commission to the realtors? And I believe all of that is done. Everything is done through NACA. Am I correct, everybody? We're paid through NACA, but the seller is who pays the, the listing agent. I mean, the, so the selling the, side pays the buyer's agent. Okay. 
So Sharon, I hope that answered your question. Damien, I can't believe I let it get this far. We are always, always, always. And it is always a pleasure to speak with our brokers, Kenneth Clark doing what he's doing in the day and the dark. We got Josie Hood doing good in the neighborhood and owning a home with Jerome. We got everybody on here. You guys, I can't tell you. Thank you so much. I can't thank you enough. We appreciate you. And guys, we're going to always try to bring them back every month. We trying, we're trying to do it for you right here at the NACA American Dream Program. Damien, we did it. <laughs> Have a good one. Be safe. Mask up. Mask up. Safe everybody. Thanks for listening. NACA's American Dream Program is a production of the Neighborhood Assistance Corporation of America, a national nonprofit organization fighting for economic justice through affordable homeownership and community advocacy. To learn more about NACA and our advocacy efforts, careers, NACA's Best in America Mortgage, or to join a NACA in your community, visit us at NACA.com.